Hello and welcome back to another episode of Anchor Down with me, Andy Burgess. It seems like we're nearing the end of lockdown. You can never really tell with what's going on here in the UK. But it's summer, we are allowed to go outside with our friends, socialize. I am feeling very motivated right now. I'm getting a lot of work done, releasing videos, got a couple in the pipeline that I'm really excited about. And today's episode I actually recorded back in, gosh, maybe it was April now. I've just been backlogged with these, but I think this is a great time to put it out. This gave me even more motivation talking with these guys. This is the first duo I've had on the podcast and it is the Nowhere Men. It's Alex and Brian of the Nowhere Men. The Nowhere Men are content creators who make films about human connections, psychology, mental health, and just all around inspiring people. I met Brian and Alex back in 2017 when I was in New York City, and they were making short form documentaries on Facebook every week about just inspiring people from all around New York City. But outside of content creation on their own platforms, they are both directors and producers and they have moved into this traditional film world and they kind of came into it sideways as they mentioned in the podcast, coming in as content creators and then suddenly just being thrown into teams where they're directing commercials and they've gone from being this run and gun team who make videos on their iPhones, traveling around the world and speaking to individuals in New York, to working with celebrities, having actors on stage, uh, gaffers, directors of photography, and having to direct all these people. And it's a really fascinating conversation because we talk about how they were essentially just thrown into it and what they learned along the way in developing those skills and I cherish so much the conversations that I have with Alex and Brian because they're such smart guys. When we were shooting Origins they were a point of contact I would go to regularly before we were shooting for advice because as they were getting into this commercial work I was ramping up work on Origins so we would be sharing notes back and forth and even throughout this conversation there's so many points in it that I have now taken from that first conversation implemented into my my workflow as a content creator so i think i've gone into quite a lot here but we just have such a great conversation and this is a really important one for anybody who is creating their own videos but they're looking of a way to be able to fund themselves and make money through commercial work i think alex and brian have a great handle on navigating both of these so i hope you guys enjoy this one so without further ado here is my conversation with alex and brian of the nowhere men I don't know how long you guys have been apart, but um, for the first time that we're all speaking, you guys no longer live together. That's right. Not only do we not live together, Andy, but because of the coronavirus situation, I haven't seen Alex in person in over a month, which might be like the longest time in the last 11 or 12 years. That's true. Yeah, that's crazy. I hadn't thought about that. I mean, I see we see each other every day on our computers. We're always on Zoom and stuff. But that's crazy. Yeah. So what's your process now? Are you guys literally on just Zoom to each other all the time? Yeah. It's, I mean, (laughs) we have so many, we're we're texting, we're slacking, we're on Zoom, we're on email. It's like so many different things um, to to communicate whatever it is. We've actually implemented like at 930 every morning, we just have a, a Zoom call just to like check in, catch up, see how things are going, plan out our day. And that just gives us like a very clear you know, at the at the very latest, we're working by 930. 
Um, you know, we're often often starting before, but that kind of gives some nice structure and it's like a kickoff to the day formally. Damn, this is why I love these calls with you guys because you guys have so many like processes and I feel like I learned so much shit from you guys. That's 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 good to hear. I mean, because that, that's what we're constantly focused on thinking. How can we do this better and make processes that make sense? And I never like the, half the time they don't. Um, so it's good to hear that they do to you. I I mean, I guess it's definitely different. And you guys have to communicate a lot more when it, when you're both working together. Right. Like because I'm just on my own most of the time. I mean, I'm working by like. 8.39 but I'm like I'm not having to check in with anybody you know or I'm like I will try to write in a journal and that worked for like a few months and then it totally went off when all this kicked on I try to keep up things but I also don't have anybody holding me to account I guess as much as you guys probably do with yeah, each other I think that's I th- like accountability is such a key thing for us and so we're constantly like trying out new ways to keep each other accountable which is great it's also really challenging since we're best friends so it's like we some it's like are we doing this right now as friends or as like co-owners of a business and those kind of blur together and i think we're actually getting much better at it um but it's like a very important thing where it's like okay hey i'm gonna hit this deadline the deadline comes and goes like okay well how do we you know how do we hold each other accountable to that and we try to maintain that not just for work that we're doing for clients um but also for work that we're doing for ourselves where there's no money attached to it or anything. It's just how do we push each other to keep producing and creating and and hitting our deadlines? Yeah, because I was going to say, when I came to stay with you, well, I've stayed with you guys a few times when I come to New York, but when you guys are fully in the nowhere men stuff, you you definitely had processes. Brian was working on a video one week and Alex was prepping another one and you guys had like lots of stuff set up then um before you guys moved into all the production stuff you're doing yeah and and you know for well you you kind of you visited us when we were purely the knower men just doing only Mm. content creation and then for all of last year all of 2019 we were basically purely client commercial production work and now we're back into a phase where we're doing both so you know we're not we used to be producing original documentaries every single week now we're producing stuff mostly every other week uh, and we're kind of getting back into the flow of that. Brian owns one, I own one. Brian owns one, I own one. We actually released two in the past two weeks, which is, uh, you know, we haven't done that in a really long time. So we're pumped about that. But we are we are kind of creating those processes so we can offload the work to each other and balance it out. That's amazing. And I think the the best structural thing that we've put in place this year is like, as Alex said, uh, 2019, we really started focusing on like, okay, how do we make money from this business? How do we build in some clients? And we did a great job of that. And we kind of abandoned a lot of our like just original content that we were doing for ourselves. So when we started this year, we said, okay, let's not turn our backs on that. Let's find some balance. And we instituted a policy called Sacred Fridays, where every Friday we just focus on, we shut everything else out and we focus on just original content for ourselves. whether that's actively like making a video that's going to go on our page or just like, hey, what's a new technique or skill that I've been seeing that I can check out and learn um, and just giving ourselves like at minimum 20 percent of the week to treat ourselves almost like a client and just get better as creators. I love that. So let's this is kind of what I really want to talk about with you guys today and catch up on is 
the change that you made in the last year and now how you're balancing both. Um, I today watched the video with Cole, the healthcare worker in New York. I thought that was amazing. Um, very, very inspirational. The hairs were standing up my arm when I got to the end of that video. Could you guys just give me like a little rundown of what the Nowhere Men are? I'd love to then like dive into like this world of like production and then trying to manage both. Brian and I have known each other now for over a decade. We were roommates all four years of college. We like randomly met freshman year. We were dorm dorm roommates. And then we lived together the next four years, just became best friends, graduated from school and were management consultants on Wall Street for three and a half years. And that was a very different lifestyle, you know, suit and tie going into boardrooms around the country every day. Uh, Maybe not boardrooms every day, but so that's how I imagined myself back then. And, um, and then we actually both left that together and spent two years traveling the world uh, and very randomly ended up filming a TV show for Lonely Planet, which hasn't been, hasn't been published. But we drove from London to Mongolia and New York City to Patagonia over two years with another friend of ours, uh, like basically living out of our car, camping. It was a very non-glamorous van life because we didn't have a van. Um, but it was an amazing time and we developed a passion for filmmaking in that time period because we were just meeting so many interesting people all over the world from Mongolia, Tajikistan, Georgia, Mexico, Colombia, wherever we went. Um, and then we got back and decided we wanted to be filmmakers. So we launched a Facebook show called the nowhere men, which is what we started calling ourselves because we love the Beatles and we started producing documentaries every single week about people around New York City because we were like we we were broke we had no money uh but we wanted to be filmmakers and we were also you know I was 26 at the time which I think it felt old and it still kind of feels old to like become a filmmaker and so many people are just doing it before they even get to college and so that's why we decided to make something every single week and these were these were full-on five to ten minute short docs um and so we made just with our phones yeah you guys were like fully like phone then yeah I mean we were we we did we had no money so we just used our phones that we did have and we bought like a, a DJI gimbal, which I saw you were fooling around with on your Instagram yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we did that for two years and built up a pretty sizable audience of just telling stories of interesting people. And that's what we really love to do. But we continued to remain broke because, as you know, content creation is not an easy business from the business side of things. <laughs> no. <laughs> um. So last year, we kind of transitioned that based on a cold email Brian sent. Oh, wow. It, it came from a cold email? <laughs> yeah, it did. It did. It was probably the uh, most valuable email that has ever been sent from my email account. Damn. No, there's been some other good ones. <laughs> but yeah, no. So, so we were doing short documentaries of like days in the life of people around New York. Um, and we were at a point of like, okay, let's let's get some of these sponsored. We had some brands sponsor a few of them. Um, but we always wanted to do a day in the life of a delivery driver delivering food around New York. And we just reached out to one of the top companies here, Seamless, and said, hey, do you want to partner on this video? And we'll put your logo on it. And we ended up making three videos for our page, one about a delivery driver and two about restaurant owners. Um, and they loved them so much. They loved the stories behind them. Um, they hadn't really told stories like that in the 20 years that they've been in business. And so uh, they they said, well, our, why don't you guys just do this for our national brand? And um, we spent the next 
six or seven months going around the country for them, um, choosing three restaurants in five or six different cities and making documentaries about those chefs and restaurant owners. So it was doing the thing that we love to do and telling these people stories, but doing it for a brand. And it was awesome. Um, that's evolved. And we now do a, a lot of like different commercially stuff for them, um, scripted pieces. Um, and we've got a bunch of other clients that we do work for as well. But so last year was like a big turning point in us turning this into more of a production company and something that um, brings us income. Yeah. And that's where I really want to like, I, I it's just like, I love picking your guys' brains about how you did that. Because I remember when I came to stay, you guys had just brought your first camera. Like you guys had just that's brought right. like a Canon and like when you get your, and I think we were in a very similar boat. Like we met in like 2017 I was doing Snapchat all on my phone. You guys were doing these Facebook stories all on your phone. And uh, I came back the April afterwards and we both had like kind of upgraded our gear a little bit. Um, <laughs> still doing the same sort of thing. And um, and now you guys are on these productions where uh, you guys have editors on board, right? I've seen in like your Instagram stories that like all the lighting you have and the big cameras and the you you had a boom guy at one of them, I swear. Oh yeah, we had a guy <laughs> hold the boom. It's been great. Yeah, you guys like that is next level. I know. You guys, are when there. you have someone holding the boom, you know you've made it. No, I, we definitely have not made it, but that's that's a great moment. <laughs> no, not only not only does the sound guy come with he holds the boom, but usually they come with a slate. And I remember we when the first time we did um a, it was a Super Bowl themed commercial with an NFL player. And the sound guy showed up with a slate that had Alex's name on it as the director and it had our production company. And it was like so official. And we were like, fuck, yeah, yeah. that's awesome. That was that was <laughs> a real like legit milestone. Like Brian asked. I was directing it, but Brian got the guy and had him write my name on the slate. And he was like, he was like, what do you think about that? And I was like, that is so cool. <laughs> That is a crazy milestone. Um, so how did you how did you deal with that coming from a world where you guys had had all these processes with yourself, but now you, I guess you you had employees. I imagine there was a lot of prep. Weren't you guys like jumping from like state to state on a weekly basis, like turning these around at like a stupid rate? Yeah, last year we were traveling maybe more than fifty percent of the days of the year. It was last year was really heavy travel this year. Not so much right now. Nothing. <laughs> I haven't left my apartment in a month. Um, but yeah, we were going to a bunch of different cities filming these. Um, and yeah, it really started with exact doing exactly what we do for ourselves in, in making these mini docs about people and just finding a story, finding a person, uncovering their story and just like developing that story so that it's something that people want to watch and and fall in love with them and share and that's the the whole idea and that has morphed i think a lot of the work we do now is not that because it's taken us into doing other types of commercials and scripted things and a lot of that stuff is new for us and it's a whole other fun skill that we're developing um, but that that's still the the storytelling is still 
the heart of what we do. And we're working with a client that we started with yesterday and that's some of what we're doing with them. And so that's still the thing that is uh, most important to us. That's clearly the reason why you guys have got this right is because you're amazing storytellers. But when you're putting these productions together, that is only part of the battle, right? Like that gets you the job. And that's like what the finished product like relies on because I've just come off a big production as well because I'd love to share notes on this. How yeah. did you guys learn to do these things like all prep like pre-production like working with teams ron and i went from being a run and gun duo doing everything ourselves to like yeah our biggest productions having if you include actors like 20 30 people on set um you know usually our our productions that have been commercial are around 10 people uh that are there so it's like that's a huge change and we were very quickly introduced to so many things we had never heard of like we like we didn't know what I didn't even know what a DP was, a director of photography. That's the person who films like that's the person who holds the camera. I didn't even know what that was. I didn't know what a gaffer was. I didn't know what like I didn't know any of this stuff. There's a, there's a few things that I think went into figuring it out. I mean, number one is that ever since we launched our business, we 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 think a lot about, OK, what do we need to be doing and what can we bring other people on to help us with? So like. You know, we don't it, it feels like often you need to be doing everything because like as as creators and artists, like it's a, it's our baby and it's our it's our project. So we need to do it. But I think at least from a business perspective, finding people who you trust to offload work to who, you know, it may take time to train them is a very, very worthwhile investment. So we have editors who have been working with us for a year now. And like editing is a thing that takes a very, very long time. So, you know, we make sure that we have editors lined up for every video we have on the commercial side of things to, to help us with that. Um, but how did we learn like the production side of things? I mean, Brian just like kind of did it one day. It was like, we had a, com like our client was like, we want you to make a commercial. And we were like, uh, okay, like, what do you mean? They were like with like, uh, with actors and with all this stuff. And so we made a, a Halloween commercial that had like 10 kids from the ages of like three to 10, a principal actress who's like 30, and all of their all of these kids parents and we had a, a, a gaffer doing the lights i didn't know what a gaffer was that's the guy who does the lights and brian and i on a cam and b cam and we had a pa we never had a pa before wow and these kids were we had they were in halloween costumes so we had to be doing costume changes it was like one of the hardest shoots we've done and it was our first like commercial one that, that was intense it was and they were running around with pizza and candy. Uh, you know, I don't know how, like, it was just kind of like we, we put, put some postings online for, like, the positions that we thought we would need. We, we built yeah. out, we did just a, a very clear, like, plan of every shot we were going to need and who was going to be there, who was going to be doing what. Like, we, we've, we've now built, since we've done this a number of times, we have what's called, like, a production day playbook. And it has everyone involved with the production. It has all of the shots. It has all of the gear we need, costumes, what food we're going to have available for people while they're hanging out. Um, it has the script. It has like things to consider like that we mess up from time to time, like shots that we typically don't get or like things that we don't do. It says Brian's favorite thing. Remember to breathe on it because we're like it's like we're holding our breath during the productions for the whole day because they're so intense. <laughs> Yeah, I would say, Andy, I mean, I, I think it all came about because it's literally you just we just had to create whatever tools were necessary for the job each yeah. time. So uh, we were freaking out about this upcoming shoot 
and I didn't I wasn't sleeping for a week. And I'm like, what are the things that are keeping me up at night? Let me just start writing them out. And then that becomes your playbook. And it's like, okay, here are here's the shot list. Here is exactly what we're going to need to do with for each lighting setup. And here's how we're going to do the costume changes. And here's the schedule. And here's the contact information for everyone who's going to be there. And all of this stuff that in the end, it looks like you know now now that I've seen a bunch of others like it looks like what a producer has which um which means we got there kind of in our own way but we we just had to build whatever tools we needed to do the job and we have so far been okay with it organization i think is the key to all of this right i do a similar thing like i'm kept up at night and i could i'll open my notes now on my phone i remember the like pre-production to-do list or things that i had to check off before flying to hawaii and it's like 60 notes long um and i just calmed me right down laying this out and i'm like okay tomorrow i just work through this list and we just keep going and I just figure it all out on the like as we go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I think a really important thing that has helped us as well is when we're hiring crews, I mean, as you, we, we came we came into this industry sideways, which is, I think, what most content creators do. You know, a lot of people are like film industry professionals and they've been training and apprenticing and like working their way up a chain. And we kind of worked in and suddenly became directors and producers without having ever worked on a production in our lives that's like a proper production yeah um which is kind of crazy because like that means that the people that we're hiring even the pas who are you know the people who are who are doing all the work that just like that's not it's not as specialized but still incredibly important know more about filmmaking in a professional way than we do at least from a production standpoint our approach has always been the people we're hiring know so much more about this than we do so let's lean on them and trust them to like guide us through this process. Like we're going to kind of set up what's supposed to happen. Like this is the story we're telling. This is our vision. We're going to lay that out clearly to you. We're going to prep you so you feel good about that. But like we, you know more about if you're a gaffer, you know more about lighting than we do. If you're a DP, you know more about operating the camera and setting up great shots than we do. If you're doing sound, you know that. Even PAs know that they have their expertise. And so being like humble and not trying to pretend like we always know what we're doing has been really, really valuable because we've gotten some really, really talented people to teach us what they know very quickly. And that's been so great. And, you know, over the time, we've kind of learned more and more what we like and what we don't so that we can kind of exert a little more control and say, yes, do this. No, do that. Because one of the things that you quickly find as a director is it's mostly just making decisions all day. They're like, hey, what do I do here? What do I do now? Should I do this? Should I do that? What should you like better, A or B? Uh, And for a while, it was just like, you know, go with your gut. And now we're kind of refining our taste so that we know, yeah, we like this. No, we like that. Set up the lights over here and we're, and we're getting better and better. But, you know, relying on the on your team and allowing them yes. to do what they do best without getting in their way is, a, a re, you know, it's it's amazing to see how talented these people are. Yeah, that is that's that's definitely like such a great attitude to have it because, yeah, you are brought into this position as like a director um but like you said like you're grounded enough to know that it's like well i don't know all these things in all these spots so like i'm gonna rely on this team i have 
maybe last year I discovered how important having a producer was. I used to think I could be a one-man band and just get my stuff done. But having my producer on board just makes everything so much easier. Even in regards to like, I write out a script or like we have an interview tomorrow and I write down a bunch of questions. I know he's then going to open that doc, just check it over and tweak it or make sure it's all okay as well. I had to take a DP, I guess um, you would call it, with me as well. I also know that I can film, I can hold a camera, but I'm by no means an expert. And I will admit that, frankly, like that's not my um, strong point. So I had my friend Fraser on board and I knew that I could just be like, Fraser, I need these five shots. And like, he'll just go off and get them. And just relying on them, like I couldn't have done it without them for sure. Yeah, it's just really cool to see talented people create talented work. Um, and it's, it's, you know, it's a different world than in like the creator world where it is like, you know, it's individuals sh- kind of showing like what they're made of and what their individual creativity is. And this mm. is my YouTube channel versus like being on a production where it's a team, you know, every single person has such an important role and no one is more important than anyone else. You know, these, these days are challenging and stressful. And what Brian and I actually do before almost every shoot is we like circle everyone up and say like, Hey, I got your back today. Um, and it's like, you know, we're all just there to support each other and, and do the best we can, especially when a client's on site, you know, we want to make it look great. Uh, we also have, we also teach everyone uh, a principle that we call the fix the light bulb principle, which was one day we were on a shoot and I was walking down a set of stairs and I had like a C stand, a stand in my arms and I knocked out a light in the, in the apartment we were renting. And I was like, oh crap, I don't have time to do it. Cause we're supposed to be shooting in 10 minutes. I can't fix this. And then like an hour later, I walked by and the light bulb was back in its place and it was fixed. And I hadn't asked anyone and no one had pointed it out. And uh, the PA on our team had just fixed it. And like, that's who that's like what we're looking for on a team. It's just like everyone, you know, you see a problem, you fix it. You don't wait for someone to tell you what's up. You find people who are just like, you know, I'm in this for the for the results we're all driving for, which is the same thing. And so I'm going to do I'm going to help out wherever I can. I'm going to I'm going to take that and use it because I'm I'm now at a point where I'm looking at bringing on I guess maybe like an assistant or some sort of somebody just to help out with a lot of um, pre-production stuff that I can't like I don't have a lot of time with and I want to I love having a team around me that's like like, like you said like they're already or they're thinking what you're thinking like two steps ahead that's how I feel with my producer it, it's an interesting one. I, I, I've i never like had to, I, I mean, I, like I look at it now and I'm thinking, oh, I actually need to actually hire someone to be on a lot of the time with me. And I feel That's like great. I haven't done that, but I have because I, I had to like source people for this, for this show. And I, I made an entire list about things that went well and things that didn't go so well. And I'm like, okay, well, how do we fix that next time? You know, like what processes do we do to do this differently? Yeah. And, and that's, it's a tricky thing because Alex and I are both people who like, we just take things on. We just like, we want to get our hands on everything. And like, especially before we outsource anything, we want to give it a try for ourselves first. And that just goes back to being management consultants and just doing anything we can to get the results. But also I think all content creators have that to some extent. We all Mm are just so heavily involved in every part of what we're making. Um, and it's your thing that you're making. Yeah. So it's been challenging at times, but also really liberating to like, look at it, look at things and be like, what can we, um, 
enable someone else to do and have them run with it. And like, they're probably better at it than we are. Yeah. So it's been, it's been, um, we've had to like step back at times and look at it like that. Cause otherwise we'll just do it all. But it's extremely important to get other people in there and free yourself to do even more creative work. Yeah, having a team. And I think a lot of people would be surprised that like a lot of the big content creators out there that people follow and are with have teams behind them as well. Mm-hmm. Do you guys know Peter McKinnon? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he um, was talking somewhere. I think it was an event in Ireland. He was on stage and he was talking about how a bunch of people were mad when he mentioned that he had an editor. And he said, well, that's funny because I've had an editor for the last year and no one's said a thing. Like, no one's known about <laughs> it. Um, but, like, yeah, he's, like, trained that guy up and he, he just does it the way he does because his time is, it needs to be allocated in other places. You said 2020, you're now trying to make more time for original content as well. Is that just yeah. you two working on that then? Well, that's another thing we're trying out is how can we, um, how can we expand on that? Um, Alex and I have been creating together forever. So it's really hard to bring anyone else in when it feels like it's, it's your art form. Um, but yeah, we are looking to build up our team and, and build up content, um, and just bring other creative ideas in. We actually, so right now what we're doing is we're running a series that's very, it's pretty different than what we used to do. And it's more focused on mental health. We're reaching out to some of like the top psychologists and therapists around the world. And basically every two weeks, they give us some challenge that can improve our well-being in some way. And then we go live it out on camera uh, for like we do it for a week and we kind of talk about the science behind whatever techniques are being shared. So we've talked to, um, you know, we talked to a former head of psychiatry at UCLA and we and we spoke to one of the leading nutritional psychiatrists in the world, uh, Dr. Drew Ramsey, the other week. And so we're, we're talking to some really, really cool people. And it's a whole new series that's forcing us to do a lot of new things. Um, and we're actually, we, we spoke with an editor yesterday who we're testing out to like kind of do half of the editing for one of our videos and see how that goes. Um, we've never really done that before. Um, but, you know, it's, we, we actually like the client work. Like, it's great. And it's great to be doing stuff where it's like, okay, I like the, I like these the clients I'm working for. They're pushing us to get better all the time, and um, and this is paying the bills. But there's something special when you're just making content, and the and the reason you're making it is because it's what you're passionate about, it's what you care about, um, and it's what you want to be doing. And also, you can test out tons of new things that if it doesn't work out, well, no big deal. Versus, you know, if you test something new out with a client and it doesn't work, well, it's, you know, someone's money was on the line and someone's not going to be happy. Um, that's true. <laughs> so, so yeah, so we're doing this new series and, you know, it's been, uh, it's been really cool. We've learned over, we learned over the years that, you know, we got to like 250,000 followers on Facebook. We were like pretty stoked about that, but also realized that we were just as happy when we had a thousand and like every follower count that we had when we had a thousand, we thought we would be happy when we had five, when we were at five, we're like 10, 10, 25, 25, 50, 50, a hundred. And then when we hit 250, we were like, okay, we get this now. We understand that this is not going to make us happy no matter what. Like we've hit enough milestones. So we're not in it for like the like page, crazy page growth. Like we'll still optimize when we can, but it's really about just like producing stuff that we're passionate about, that we care about, that we're proud of. And that pushes us to be better creators. 
Yeah, and there's and there's no uh, because we have the income coming from our the work we do for clients. There's no pressure on revenue either, and getting ad revenue from videos and going viral and stuff like that. So it's been liberating. I think that's amazing. I think that's the best place to end this because I I preach that so much. It's like you make the content that you want to make, um, and it's really cool to hear that. Like, yeah. Like the numbers are awesome, but like they haven't changed like how you felt about this. And I, I'm loving your new ser- uh, the new series, by the way. I watched the nutrition one the other day um, and I was laughing at like what you were saying you were eating before, Brian. And then like, <laughs> they, watching you guys go through the process is really cool. Um, so I'm going to link all that below as well so everybody can check it out and you can see in those I and mean, we've done five of them and in each one we're trying a different visual style we're trying new tricks and different post-production and in-camera tricks and it's all about just like letting our our creative minds just play um and not focusing as much on page growth and and things like that that's awesome i love the balance you guys have found um i always love chatting to you guys uh so thank you so much for coming on thank, thank you. you so much andy Guys, if you made it to the end of this podcast, thank you so much for sticking around and tuning into this episode with me, Alex and Brian. It was a lot of fun to talk to those guys. It always is. If you want to find out anything else they're doing, all those links to their work is in the show notes below. If you made it all the way to the end and you're new around here or you're not yet subscribed, which I'm assuming you enjoyed this episode if you made it all the way to the end, please do consider subscribing, sharing this with a friend and leaving us a review Uh, below it all helps out majorly to help get this podcast out there this has been a really a really fun episode Um, I really hope you guys enjoyed it I'm also trying a little bit of a different setup with a mic I have a nice podcasting chair that I now sit on I used to sit on a beanbag crouched in my cupboard Um, we've upgraded it a little bit got a nice chair just I hope the audio is okay in these intros and outros and yeah see how it goes and uh we'll be back next week with a brand new episode for you so guys stay safe look after each other have a great week and stay creative